all the way down under in New Zealand. Although we are the most beautiful, God-anointed country in the world, we thank you for ta- making the effort to come. And uh, these guys have been such a blessing. They were at our uh, Auckland Replenish Conference. They uh, Diana preached last Sunday morning in all our morning services. Then they got on a pl- uh, on, in the car and drove to um, Matamata to Hobbiton. Then they went to Tauranga to the mount, then they went over to Rotorua to smell mud, and then they came back, got on a plane, flew to uh, Wellington and Christchurch just the last two days to do Replenish Conference in Wellington and in Christchurch. Uh, Dinah preached this morning in Christchurch, Elam, got on a plane, flew up here, drove straight to church, and Dinah's about to preach for the final time here at Elam Christian Center. Dinah, we saved the best till last. This is, this is not the after dinner mint. This is dessert. This is the bit you spend your whole meal be- building up to. And uh, you guys have been such a blessing. You've become family to us. We love you guys, Hadassah and Mariah. You guys have just been amazing. Just so, the, honestly, the kindest, most lovely people you'll ever meet on the planet. So generous, so loving. And don't ever look tired, like never look tired. They never look tired. I look more tired on my most refreshed day than they do right now. It's very unnerving, but we're so blessed to have them. Elam Christian Center, they've deposited so much to our movement and to our church. It's only right that we stand to our feet and honor Pastor Diana Nepset as she comes to preach the word. I see it. I see it. So fun. You guys are so fantastic. As you can tell, my type A personality is coming out right now. I am so sorry. Um, my name is Diana Nepstad. Turn to your neighbor and say, oh, we're going we're gonna to light it up tonight. Light it up. And I don't mean light it up, all right? Let's, let's clarify, not light it up. But light it up, all right? Now, you've come to the best party in town, and that's Elam Christian Center here in Botany. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And so um, go ahead and greet your neighbor and just tell them welcome home. And you may take your seats. Yeah, I brought my San Francisco, California humor from the United States. We have to clarify a couple of things because um, certain words and phrases don't always carry well in certain other parts of the country and also across the globe. And so um, I'm really delighted to just be with all of you. Thank you so much, Pastor Bex, Pastor Steve, for all that you've invested. And we feel that we, we didn't deposit, but we received something. And so um, you just need to know what you have is unusual, and not every place has what you have. You live in an unusual miracle of what God is doing right now. And I'm just so impressed. I feel like the Queen of Sheba walking into Solomon's kingdom and just being impressed by Elam, just movement of churches, Elam Christian Center in Botany. What you have, you have the greatest leaders. So why don't you give a hand of, of honor and praise to Pastor Steve, Pastor Bex. They're the real deal. They're the real deal. It's unusual to have people that really love God, love his house, and love his people. 
You see, you're not a burden to them. You're actually really refreshing to them. Everywhere they go, they speak well of you, and I'm just so impressed by the spirit of the house and who you are and what you're about. And so um, on the screens, if you win mine, I don't know if you have my family picture. Um, I want you to meet my other half, which is my husband, Sean Nepstadt. He is handsome and he is hot. And so, I don't know if we have that photograph. If not, I'll just keep moving along because I'll, I'll just act like I lied and he never existed. <laughs> there we go. And so, yes, he's tall and Norwegian and cute. And um, just so you know, he, we love each other and we love each other so much that we've had four girls, four daughters, yes. And um, not because we love children, it's because we love each other. And finally, we got a TV. It's good, good news, good news. You thought this was good news. No, that's good news. And we have four daughters under the age of two. And when we planted the church, there were two, one, and twins that were newborn. And for some of you, y'all don't even know, okay? Y'all don't even know what it is to have four children under the age of two. So two, one, twins that were zero, and I had three in a triple stroller and one on a leash because I had a runner. Yes, I had a runner. Bless God. And I'm just really excited to just share, you know, not only my life, but some of the principles. If you know the principles of this house, why don't you just say them with me? It's to know God, to find freedom, to discover purpose, and to make a difference. It's important to invest your life into that. And so I would like to give you kind of like this conversation that we're going to have tonight about storytellers, storytellers. Um, just this whole idea of small groups that we're investing our lives into. And as you're building this house, as you are investing in your life, um, just building this place and building community, it's important that you invest into each other and invest yeah. into small groups. Yeah. And so storytellers. And if I can just give you an illustration of what this is all about. Um, I remember when... Um, when I'm home and I'm cooking for my husband, you know, I'm cooking, you know, a specific kind of breakfast. And so for many of us that are working out, you know, awesome. But for some of us, I won't judge. Um, I have a specific recipe for my husband. And so I'm there with eggs, you know, um, two whole eggs and three egg whites. So it's very specific for Sean Nepstad. And I'm there cooking and, you know, making sure that everything is going well. And when you know, I singed my glove. Have you ever been in that situation where you've, you know, burned something and you didn't mean to? And um, oftentimes when we begin to have this, you know, look in our house and we begin to have, you know, like singed items, it leaves an aroma in the house. And oftentimes for me, I, I have maybe a, a candle that will cut through the smell because normally if when you're cooking or frying foods, it will leave an aroma. And if you're not careful to open the windows, that aroma will be in your carpet, yeah. in, your, yeah. in your couches, in your walls. So it's important to open the windows and light a candle. Yeah. Or else someone will visit your house and turn around and walk the other way. Yeah. So let's go ahead and go into James chapter 3. 
James chapter 3. If you have your iPhones, awesome. Open your Bible apps. If you have your actual Bibles, awesome. Let's go ahead and open them up. And if you have your eyelids, go ahead and look at the scriptures behind me, and you will see all of what we're going to dive into when it comes to small groups and storytellers. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be a storyteller. Turn to your other neighbor and say, watch out. Orale, watch out. Watch out. Be careful. James chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. And it begins here. It says here, my brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We will make many mistakes, and if people never said anything wrong, they would be perfect and able to control their entire selves, too. When we put bits into our mouths, and many of us who have maybe property or land, if we have animals, we'll put bits into the animals' mouths in order to control them. That's exactly what it is. And so that's the illustration. And if we put bits into the mouths of horses, we make them obey us. We can control their entire bodies. Also, it's a ship. Like a ship, it's a very big ship, and it is pushed by strong winds. But a very small rudder, which is underneath the boat, it controls the entire ship, making it go wherever the pilot wants to go. It is the same with the tongue. Say the tongue. It is the same with the tongue. It is a small part of the body, but it brags about great things. A big forest fire can start with only a little flame, and the tongue is like a fire. Hashtag fire starter. And so we've seen it in America. We've seen it in some parts of the world where great fires would devour sections of land, of property, and it would leave damage behind. Millions of dollars. And so it's a whole world of evil among the parts of our bodies. Interesting. Such a small muscle can... Just destroy relationships, destroy, you know, um, families, destroy and divide churches. Ooh, hashtag real talk. Mm -hmm. So the tongue is set on fire by hell itself, and it starts a fire that influences all of life. And if I can show you this illustration, let me hone it in. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with maybe some parts of the world where it's not... It's not really developed. It's what you would call a third world country. And in my part of the world, in my part of the country, from where my family is from, when you are poor, when you um, don't have a lot of money, you don't just use the choicest meat of the animal. You actually utilize either the brain, the eyes, the tongue, and um, other parts of the body that I cannot really mention here. And so, what you see here is a cow tongue. Now, for some of us that are used to in our culture, you're already thinking, okay, what are you doing with that? Well, I'm going to let you know we're going to host a barbecue in the back of the church. About $16 for two tacos. All right. But what we see here is it's in proportion to the animal. It's the tongue. And it's interesting that the Bible talks about the part of the anatomy that can start a whole fire within its members. Wow. Start a whole fire in relationships. Turn to your neighbor and say, can you control that? 
So we're going to dive into storytellers, storytellers. And normally it's fashionable to be a storyteller. You share stories. It's, it's almost in vogue to be a hashtag storyteller, to communicate a story, to write a story, to blog about something, to um, archive something, to share someone's story. But in the house of God, it's not so fashionable. And we'll begin to see this whole layout when, as you are diving into small groups, diving into relationships, that it's not so fashionable to be a storyteller. Let's look into Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. As you open your Bibles and um, just use your iPhones, go ahead and, uh, or your Samsung devices. Finally, please, people, just cross over. You know, cross over, be an iPhone addict, join the club, all right? So it says here, Proverbs 18, 21, and it begins here. It says, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. In some translations, it will say, you eat what you've been given, and you will eat what you have dished out. So imagine a bowl of fruit, and there's apples, there's bananas, there's passion fruit, there's um, fruit that are, that are your favorite, strawberries, blueberries, and um, I've tasted some of the most delicious fruit across the land of New Zealand. But let me tell you, the kind of fruit that the Bible talks about is the fruit that comes from your mouth. So when you give encouragement, oh, you get to taste from that fruit when it's full grown in someone's life. You put seeds of encouragement in someone's life, it will grow up and you begin to eat from that fruit. Oh, but believe me, the vice versa can be said too. When you dish out bad seeds, bad words, bad encouragement... The kind of words that when it's spoiled in someone's life, believe me, you will eat that too. So you're going to have to decide what you will use in your life. What kind of words you're going to give into other people's worlds. Because as you are connecting, as you are having tea time, as you are taking breaks and hovering into, you know, maybe the boardroom, the classroom, the university room, wherever you are. When you have these conversations and connections, the kinds of words that you plant in someone's life, it's so important. And as we continue, I want you to write this down. The first thing I want you to write down is this, that words can poison or reward you with. And the first thing I want you to write down, trust or mistrust. Trust or mistrust. How many of of us in this room have been burned by friends? Burned by relationships. Burned by someone's words. Burned by a parent. Burned by a, a confidant, a friend. Mistrust or trust. And so... Oftentimes, we gain trust by having good relationships in our world. But most of the time, for some of us that have been burned so badly, that we've been, we've been mistrusting people because of the words that have been planted in our lives. Secondly, I want you to write down, you are given friends and relationships. Friends and relationships. It means your family. Some of us Um, We have connections in our family, whether um, they have been divisive or not, whether they have been fruitful in your life or not. Maybe you didn't come from a very functional family, but a dysfunctional family. And so you've learned how to use your words by the examples in your life. 
Thirdly, I want you to write down is this. It's wisdom, wisdom. And this is the place that we want to esteem and grow to be, to be wise people, use wise words, to have words that are careful and meaningful, uplifting, encouraging, um, also skillful and, and um, helping the person to go on to the next stage in life. Because what you've learned in relationships, oftentimes you haven't learned that in elementary school, in middle school, in high school. You've learned relationships often by the engagement that you have with everyday people. And we normally start engaging in that after university, maybe in marriage, and then you wonder and realize, why is my wife not so nice to me? Why is my husband so curt and rude? Why are my children not blessing me and honoring me? Why is my friend, my girlfriend, my, the guy that I've been rolling with, my guy squad, they're not really respectful to me? Words, words. And so I want you to go ahead and look with me when it comes to relationships. I want you to see through um, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 31. It's someone who lies and someone who is deceitful. Go ahead and write down lies and someone who's deceitful. Write that down. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 31, and it says this. A good person says wise things. But a liar's tongue will be stopped. So you're, you're getting an imagery through the book of Proverbs. These are little snapshots, little, little sermonettes, little words of life and wisdom down the road. Why not look at this? Does, I want you to write down, doesn't think before speaking. Have we ever met that person? Doesn't think before speaking? Oh, believe me, I've encountered that. I've, you know, been introduced to the one who doesn't think before speaking. Um, Proverbs 12, 18, careless words stab like a sword, but wise words bring healing. You have to make a choice up front what kind of person you want to be. I want you to write down divulges too much, someone who divulges too much. We've been introduced to that person, Mr. Tell-it-all, Mrs. Tell-it-all. You know, the bestie that you swore up and down that they were going to be for you, they're your ride and die, the one who's going to be with you, but then dishes out too much when you're going through stuff, right? Yeah, yeah we've, we've met that person. Proverbs 10, 19. Oh, you're like, wow, she's going deep. Yeah, we're diving in, okay? Proverbs 10, 19. If you talk a lot, you are sure to sin, but if you are wise, you will keep quiet. All right now. I want you to write down this about the one who talks about others. We've met them, right? We've met them in the scenario of our boardroom, our classroom. We've met them in the corners of our church. The one who talks about others. Proverbs 18.8, and it says this. The words of a gossip are like tasty bits of food. Oh, that your favorite biscuit, your favorite cookie. Oh, my favorite. Your favorite restaurant that serves that molten lava cake? Oh, it's like that. The words of a gossip are like tasty bits of food. People like to gobble them up. Interesting. You would think that it would be a repellent, but it's actually very satisfying, very attractional. And you want to dive in and you want to get closer and lean in and say, well, now what did you say? Can you elaborate on that? And they want you to divulge even more. Let's continue. How about the one who's hasty? 
The ones who, who is hasty, write that down, hasty. The one who jumps the gun. The one that anticipates too much. The one who kind of rushes into a conversation, rushes into saying things. Proverbs 15, verse 1, and it says this. A gentle answer will calm a person's anger, but an unkind answer will cause more anger. Okay, there's an old saying, and I don't know if it's familiar here in New Zealand, but it's this. If it's not my circus... It's not my monkeys. Not my circus, not my monkeys. It's like there's chaos, there's, you know, an uproar, there's, you know, um, things that are just going crazy. If it's not about me and not about my life, I'm not going to get involved in it. Right? How about this? I want you to write this down. Careful with what we say careful, being careful with what we say. Proverbs 17, 27, and this is all about small group values, not being a storyteller. The wise say very little. The wise, they say very little. You, you begin to see how they move through a room, how they're quiet. They listen first. It's not that they're shy. They're, they just want to be careful. And it says this, and those with understanding stay calm. So the barometer or the, the measuring level of a person's life is really how they handle anger. Have you ever been with someone who kind of just blows their top off in the car? In America, we often have the person who steps out of the car and goes to the window of the other car and starts banging on the window. Oh, believe me, believe me, there are some in New Zealand that stay in the car and say a lot more, right? Colorful language. <laughs> Being careful with what we say. So how can we break the cycle? How can we break the cycle? And oftentimes when we dive into relationships, our parents didn't sit down with us, taking the time with us to course correct some of the things that we were accustomed to doing. Oftentimes we grow up from little kids to being older adults, being men and women. And then all of a sudden, when we're in a relationship with a, a woman, we begin to speak to her in the way that we've seen modeled in our world. And now we're seeing that through the hashtag MeToo movement. There is an uncovering of how we approach women. The same thing can be said about women towards men. The way we see women speak to men, say too much, maybe communicate in such a way that we treat them like an, another female counterpart where it gets us into trouble, where we lead them on with our words. So we want to be careful in how we engage in small groups, how we engage with the opposite sex, how we can raise the next generation to teach them, to mold them, to shape them, because it's important. It, it doesn't happen. This, this type of interaction doesn't happen when you're grown up. It can start when you start walking in the ways of God, learning about him. So I want you to write this down. Don't just listen. Follow God's word. Don't just listen. Follow God's word. We are in a culture where we love to be inspired. We love the exaggeration. We love the dramatic. In, in other words, in Hollywood, they're pumping out, you know, um, reality television. We love to see the extremes of people's lives. And oftentimes, it's not healthy for us because what we've seen is the extreme of human behavior. 
and that's not real life. Real life happens in the context of relationship. Real life happens when you uncover and stop the superficial. Real life happens when you stop being um, the surface person and dig a little bit deeper into someone's life. Because let me tell you, oftentimes, if I can agree with many of the, of the people in this room, in the fringes, we won't share or open up until we know that you care about us. I, I can hear about the book of Deuteronomy. I can hear about the book of Matthew. I can hear about Paul and Timothy. But I won't know anything about you and, and open myself up to a world of, of you being involved in it until I know that you care about me. And so how can we break the cycle? Don't just listen. Follow God's word. And it says this, James chapter 1, verse 23 through 26. It says, those who hear God's teaching and do nothing are like people who look at themselves in the mirror. Ooh. Yes. Look at our makeup. Look at our hairdo. Look at our fit that we got at Zara. Oh, yes, we're looking good. And so we see our faces, and then we go away, and then we quickly forget what we looked like. But the truly happy people are those who carefully study God's perfect law or God's word that makes people free, and they continue to study it. They do not forget what they've heard, but they follow, they obey, they do God's teaching. And those who do this will be made happy. People who think they are religious but say things they should not say are just fooling themselves. Their religion or their way of life, their way of practice, the way they follow Jesus is really worth nothing. And if I could just share this with you, I grew up in a community, in a church. I grew up in a, in a family where normally my family were extremely negative. Negative about what I um, wanted to do in life. Negative about how I was. Negative about my skin color. Negative about my hair. Negative about how I approached life. Negative about my friends. And it took a lot of steps in order to be an encouraging person. And for many of us that have grown in a context of family, in the context of relationships, where negativity surrounds you, it will just ooze out of you when the pressure comes. And so for me, I had to relearn how to be an encouraging person because my go-to or my default position would be to be negative. Oh, I don't like this church. Why the carpet? Why does Pastor Bex have to wear that haircut? Why does Pastor Steve have to wear those glasses? Why is the music so loud? But it's the tendency of negative people who have been raised in negative conditions to come into a small group context and begin to repeat the patterns that they have learned in their family, in their relationships, and how they do life, even in marriage. And we, we and then we look back and think, well, why aren't they growing? Why aren't they happy? Why isn't my husband happy? Why isn't my, my son happy? Why isn't he growing? And then we realize that as we look at ourselves and look at our words, we see the fruit of our words wow. in living people. Wow. Words, they reveal a lot. I want you to write this next. Follow the Holy Spirit's leading. Follow the Holy Spirit's leading. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, and it says this. When you talk, do not say harmful things, but say what people need. Words that will help others become stronger. 
Then what you say and do will do good to those who listen to you. Sometimes we confuse being positive for never confronting in a relationship. You can actually confront in a positive way. You see, just because you're loud, you're belligerent, doesn't mean that you're helpful. Just because you're obnoxious and you're very crafty with your words doesn't mean that you are edifying. We have to say things in the spirit of kindness. Proverbs 31, it says this, the law of kindness is in her mouth. And so we have to relearn a lot of things that we've been raised in. Relearn a lot of the things and reject a lot of the things that we've been told that it would be helpful. Belligerence is not feedback, it's actually rude. So next I want you to write this down. Develop wisdom, develop wisdom. James chapter 3 verses 11 through 18. And it says this. Oh, I love the scripture because it kind of says everything that you, you want to say, but it says it so well. Do good and bad water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree make olives or can a grapevine make figs? No, and a well full of salty water cannot give good water. Are there those among you who are truly wise and understanding? Then they should show it by the way they live, living right and doing good things with the gentleness that comes from wisdom. But if you are selfish and have bitter jealousy in your hearts, don't brag about it. Your bragging is a lie that hides the truth. That kind of wisdom does not come from God, but actually comes from the world. It is not spiritual, and it is from the devil. Ooh, hashtag toxic people. Where jealousy and selfishness are, there will be confusion and every kind of evil. But the wisdom that comes from God is, first of all, it's, it's pure. And it's peaceful. And it's gentle. And it's easy to please. This wisdom is always ready to help those who are troubled and to do good for others. It is always fair. It's honest, and people who work for peace in a peaceful way, they plant a good crop of right living. In other words, you could tell when sound words come from a healthy person, their whole life will show it. The way they live, the way they move, the way they interact, the way they speak, the way they carry themselves. When they are introduced to new people, even when the person is not nice to you, not so kind to you, and belligerent and rude, obnoxious, curt, rude, they can actually move through a room and still handle themselves in such a way that the law of kindness rules their life and will rule their mouth. And so when you engage in small groups and when you engage in relationships, this is the residue of what kingdom living is all about. You will be known as not a soft person, but actually a godly person, a holy person, one who's set apart, one that can be used by God, one that can be used by the Lord in small groups. So in other words, I want you to be life-giving. Be that kind of small group leader. Be the kind of leader that you never had in your life. Be the example that you wish someone was to you when you were struggling. And so if I can have the person um, just come to uh, maybe the keys. 
And let's go ahead and, and revisit that last song that we sang. What was the song again? Yes, yes. Let's go ahead and revisit that song. Because I'm, I'm not here to move a crowd. I'm here to change lives. And as we use our words, as we interact, as we worship, as we, you know, do our day in and day out, as we gather together, as we have tea, as we hang out in the lobby, as we are doing the audio and visual, as we are part of the dream team, we carry the air and the essence of who God is. As Pastor Bex and Pastor Steve have modeled that so well in your life. This is the best way where you can go and pour into others. It's not fabricated. It's not fake. It's not superficial. But it's actually something that is of the kingdom. Let's go ahead and stand and, and just lead in this song. Let's remind ourselves who we are. Whose child we are. Okay, let's pick it up. In my phone. 